0: This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions and publish selected episodes to share our know-how and experience with you.
1: Thank you very much for attending. This session today is a very timely one. I would like to talk about Bitcoin's narrative as digital gold. Did of course write down a few a few points, but I want to talk about a few questions that I have to specific others here, but I would also very much like to see, I'd like to know how you see it uh, from your experience that you bring from different areas uh, into the company. So just maybe to set the stage, Bitcoin was of course not around in 2008 in the last financial crisis, but it was somewhat born after that. I'm not actually sure if there are any Direct quotes um, that link the creation of Bitcoin to what happened in 2008. An indirect thing. Then there is, of course, the uh, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. Times headline, uh, which made it into the Genesis block. Then again, maybe somebody else knows, but I don't know if there are any any official or any statements by Satoshi himself from the early days, if he chose that quote as as meaningful or if he was just using this as a nothing up my sleeve type thing so proving that bitcoin did not exist prior to the launch of the genesis blog for that you needed to do something to put some current headlines some current information uh, in there and it might actually just have been coincidence i don't think so though bitcoin was originally introduced as peer-to-peer electronic cash that's in the title of the bitcoin white paper and it's it has been an ongoing discussion. We had a lot of sessions about this. I think we even also published one as a podcast uh, about what that actually means, uh, what characteristics cash had was, has, well, what characteristics Bitcoin has, in which ways it's actually possible to um, to put all the uh, all the characteristics of cash into an electronic system. I think it's very much impossible. And which ones are really the turn of cash. Right? Cash is... It's instantly settled. If I hand somebody 20 bucks, then it's instantly settled. It cannot be undone by somebody. Um, it's also fast and cheap. Uh, cheap depends on, on what you do. If you need to, to send it by mail, then it's not fast and cheap. But it's not in that regard. The the meme of digital gold, like right? Bitcoin is digital gold, um, has actually appeared much, much later. Uh, I did not find the first occurrence, but it's, it's I would guess, some 2000. 12 earliest probably 2013 that this analogy has been made taking the argument that that bitcoin is a store of value the analogy to gold is, is really more along the lines that it's not cash but it does have the the store of value aspect very similar to gold in the spirit of bitcoin being founded in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis i would also add that this is that, that Bitcoin is its own characteristics, that, uh, that Bitcoin is not subject to political manipulation. That's somewhat important to me. Uh, that's what That was what got me interested in Bitcoin, uh, that you, you don't have any central authority that uh, just defines the change, the properties of Bitcoin. Similar to you don't have a central authority that changes the physical properties of gold or the chemistry of gold or whatever. Uh, that is not possible. You don't have any political influence on gold, of course, on, on the surrounding of gold, but not. You cannot change gold. You cannot make chain, Make gold disappear in one place and reappear in the other place, as you as you might um, do with with fiat money on the bank account. Then again, I I really don't want to be the guy that that puts uh, his view of Bitcoin's narrative uh, onto things. I like the. The, the component that is independent from political influence, but uh, something that I, wrote, I read um, a while ago, which was quite funny in a, in a forum, was somebody um, being being very disappointed. It was really, like, don't take this too serious. This was some random forum, some random guy um, being very disappointed that uh, Bitcoin uh, used to be decentralized and now it's long, no longer decentralized because it's because too few people have too much of it. Uh, and the whole meaning of decentralization is that a lot of people have bid it, which is of course one possible interpretation of the word decentralization, but certainly not the one that Bitcoin was founded on uh, and in the same manner um, I do have my view on Why I think or in which regards I think Bitcoin is digital gold and others might just disagree with me. It's totally fine What became now? Interesting in the last few days and weeks uh, leading up to this we we're recording this on 17th of March I probably have to say that because things happen and change every day now is that with the narrative as digital gold people also ascribe to bitcoin the narrative as a safe haven asset because gold is a safe haven asset and I'm um, just from the introduction that I made now on, on on this meme of digital gold and how Bitcoin got it I'm not quite sure that this is actually part of the narrative. But at the same time, I find it, find it very interesting to, to think about it, to talk about it. Uh, and I would very much like to get an opinion on or to get a, a perspective from, from the traders here. Patrick Heusser is volunteering to answer a few questions. Patrick Heusser is senior trader at Crypto Broker AG. So Patrick, can you tell us roughly? What did you do in 2008? Uh, how long have you been in the business at that point? And obviously now it's 11 and a half years longer than that.
0: I worked at the UBS um, on the short term interest rates uh, trading desk, um, covered mainly European currencies and rates, but then also dollar rates.
1: Mm-hmm. That certainly gives you an interesting background to talk about Bitcoin and the trading of Bitcoin today. So. What I would really like to know, since I was not around 2008 and I think many others were not, is can you tell us uh, how was 2008 like from, from, from your perspective? In regards how asset prices behaved during that Lehman Brothers crisis. Well, what I, what I obviously want to add up with is how did the safe haven, what were safe havens during the time? How did gold behave as a safe haven just in order to... So maybe preface yep. that gold did not behave as safe haven from day one, as people seem to to expect it right now. Right now, like on, on the first day that that Dow was down, people were immediately writing, "Oh, Bitcoin um, dropped as well." So it's apparently not a safe haven. I want to contrast that with what happened in two thousand and eight. That's where I want to get at at the end. But um, but please start at just how did things unfold? How did um, what did it feel like being there? How did you have to cover your positions? Uh, what yep. did you sell first?
0: There are quite a few similarities between the, the crisis uh, we see right now and 2008. The the unfolding wasn't it wasn't like super rapid. Stress was already in the market for quite some time, and especially the guys on the funding desk, they were feeling a certain pressure, but no one could really figure out out of which direction it it's coming and what will be the consequences if the issue unravels so when then it when it happened it was a bit of like a, actually we knew this is going to happen but no one had an idea of how bad the situation really is or was and You hear that quote quite often, the market cannot take uncertainties. And that's exactly what what happened. No one knew what's going to happen. So everyone was trying to sell his assets. Obviously, first, the ones you really didn't want to have on your books. And then secondly, you sold the assets which you needed for covering Certain marching calls, your desk was getting called out to, which is probably the biggest issue in current markets that the derivative market is so much larger than the cash market, and people are able to build up positions. They can be enormously big, and if you need to cover them or pay the the marching costs for it you probably won't succeed. And then those assets are getting sold, sold out and it has a a death spiral effect because everyone needs to sell. And then there is my short answer why gold didn't behave like um, a safe haven in 2008, because it was needed for marching calls. So people to sold gold to get dollars to serve uh, the margin calls they've got. And the the second issue is in the derivatives market that most of those products or assets are priced in dollars. So you need dollars to serve your margin calls. And that was sort of the um, amplifier of um, the short squeeze of the dollar funding side, because everyone needed dollars just to cover their margin calls. And mm-hmm.
1: after Covering that, the margin calls consisted of holding the dollars. You did not go into dollars in, in order to spend those dollars again or do something else with it. You, you had to hold those dollars. Yes. Either the bank or a broker
0: or with whoever you traded was was asking for those dollars to hold them on your account. Mm-hmm. And that's the first wave. That's the panic wave. And that for most of um, the time, also the capitulation phase. And after that, some safe haven assets start to crystallize um, out of this. And obviously it was treasuries because people just hoarded the dollar because they, they did not want to be short dollars again. So with those dollars, you buy the asset, which is the most secure one as per i would let's call it old model standards so treasuries and obviously gold so then gold started to um had his his rally after the 2008 plunge
1: yeah that was roughly two weeks after the after the major drops at right? the yeah. biggest drop day was 15th of october so beginning of november gold then started to yeah. um to raise and and by the way it's Not everyone just
0: buys gold. That's more of an investor's play when they start to rotate out of um, riskier assets into gold. But normal citizens, they start to um, queue up on their banking counter to get cash. We have already reports of people in the States queuing up to get cash out of their banks, and the banks are starting to ask more questions and are not letting people withdraw their their money as quick as they want
1: we have obviously our offices right next door to degusa yeah uh, and i don't know what the people did there but uh, throughout the last days um, there was a queue in front of their their shop yeah and i don't
0: i don't know if they were trying to get the gold out because they didn't know if the GUSA will shut down due to the coronavirus and then you can't get your gold during that time. Or if they were depositing gold, they have somewhere still at home and they wanted to deposit it to be on the safe side. I don't know which which side the flow was because if the crisis really hits, I, it's quite difficult for me to to say, do I want to have it in my private safe or do I want to have it in a in a, in a safe somewhere else? I don't know. Difficult to say.
1: I mean, there was an, an article on Coindesk this morning, I think maybe yesterday evening, just comparing that institutionals are now selling Bitcoin and that uh, retail investors are buying Bitcoin. I found that a quite, quite funny coincidence, say comparing it with the queues in front of a gold shop here in Zurich.
0: Yeah, but I think... It's, it could be right because similar to 2008, what happened to gold is happening to, um, to Bitcoin. People had to um, sell their Bitcoins to cover their margins or their margin calls. That's nothing too special, I would say, with a price move of 30 to 40% in 24 hours that some people get caught on the wrong foot and they um, have to cover their, their accounts. And then obviously, liquidations are going through like in, in traditional markets, but in, in crypto markets, that is even less regulated and less oversight. So the market just plunges further because people just need to sell their stuff to cover those margin calls. It could be that the institutionals were on the wrong side of the trade and retailers started to buy again um, over the, the platforms possible. Yeah.
1: Um, I would like to challenge one part of that, actually, if you need cash, if you need US dollar quickly in order to cover margin calls, then selling assets that you already have with your broker or with your bank, that probably makes sense to cover that margin call. If you sell Bitcoin, then it's not immediately in your bank account, depending obviously where you hold your Bitcoin. But if you first need to go through an exchange, especially as a retailer, if you need to go through an exchange, then what, what's the current times? When can you expect your, your, your cash in your bank accounts or in, with your broker to cover the margin calls?
0: Um, for example, if you are a rather big shop or middle-sized broker shop, then you're probably linked to Silvergate. And then your money is within a few clicks from one account to another dollar account. So they settle ledger for you. Then it actually makes sense that you sell your Bitcoins, you get dollars and you have it on your Silvergate account and you can transfer it to another broker or another institution who's calling you for the margin.
1: Mm-hmm. So the market is, okay. is
0: is more efficient now than it was three years ago.
1: Okay, that's very interesting to hear. I did not know that. But then again, I'm also not a trader. So this time, the things seem to unravel much faster than in 2018. You already mentioned that, that the system is more leveraged this time, that the margin calls come in quicker. What, why, do, why do markets drop more quickly now than in 2008? Actually, I would have expected the other way around, that this time or the corona crisis now is primarily a health crisis, secondarily an economic crisis, and only following that a financial crisis, probably also in, in that order of uh, things that are unfolding. In 2008, it was a financial crisis first and foremost and an economic crisis only following that. So how, do, how is it that the, that the impact on the financial markets is so much faster uh, yeah. than back in 2008?
0: I think it's a combination of several issues or regulatory changes that happened since 2008. First, there was a lot more money that is in the system now. So the QE money um, is not out of the system yet. That helped or basically made that bubble of share buybacks we have seen um, over the past five to 10 years. Um, It's in the papers. Every corporate was just buying their shares back and not putting money away for, for the rainy day. And then one probably rather big issue or trigger was the regulatory change that banks needed to cut back on risk. The regulator and central banks were basically telling the big ones. scale back, deleverage their balance sheets. And the consequence of that is that there is less liquidity in the market when the market acts distressed. So you need to think about it like you want to sell something and you you knew there is always a big bank making you a price for it. That was before 2008. And now you're sitting there, want to sell an asset and everybody just goes like, oh, oh sorry, I, I can't really quote you. Or I... I can only do a small size or a small portion of that. That is a real issue or amplifier of the problem we see right now, why the market is reacting so, so fearful. Because the market makers, the liquidity providers we've been used to before the 2008 crisis, they're not here anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, something that I will certainly follow through the next weeks and months is, is digging more into the data as it comes in of how Bitcoin behaves through this crisis, uh, how other assets behave through this crisis, and maybe see uh, which analogy really holds and which one does not. I I try to do this already now. Uh, For example, what I looked at was quite funny to see the first results was I looked at the Thanks, Michael, for helping me on that. Uh, I looked at the Bitcoin gold correlation since beginning of the year, just taking beginning of the year roughly as when, if you, if you follow the news really closely, you might have with great foresight have seen the, the first uh, first hints of what's about to come roughly there and comparing that with the correlations that we had before. I mean, this, this is, of course, difficult because, because you, there, are, there are two reasons why you might have correlations. You might have correlations between two things because they behave similarly. Or you might have correlations between two things because they behave different than some third thing. And if that third thing moves a lot, then those two things move correspondingly. So they they seem to move um, similar to each other, even though this is not a direct correlation, this is indirect through a third thing. And obviously now if you have financial crisis, you have Trump making big announcements, the feds making big announcements countries going on lockdown then gold and bitcoins not obviously behave similar to each other this is why i also took off the, the last few days where really uh things were just tumbling and took the the time from Beginning of the year to beginning of March, roughly, and looked at what was the correlation between gold and Bitcoin during that time compared it to the same time frame um, before first of January. So, so coming up to 2020. And if you just look at at that data, then it's it's really astonishing. I think the correlation of uh, between Bitcoin and uh, gold is has now been in 2020 uh, 0.2, so 20% 0.21, and in the same time frame. Prior to that, it has been 0.01. So it's been 20 times higher now. But this is obviously potential selection bias. I did not look too deep into the data now. And it's, of course, also given, as I said, by, by already given by the events. It's, it's not possible to separate that data into real events or shift in sentiment towards events. Which is what the interesting thing would probably be. What I'm, what I'm trying to think about though is since, since I, um, since I look at the data more closely, in which cases is gold considered to be a safe haven? So in which type of crisis would you expect a run for gold? And then maybe correspondingly to that, in which types of crisis would you expect to see, um, a run to Bitcoin? Not necessarily a run, but like increased interest in Bitcoin. And to me, that's rather obvious. So, when would I start buying Bitcoin? Um, I'm not a trader. I don't really have any Bitcoin positions that I bought. What I have on Bitcoin, I have since 2011. But when would I consider buying more Bitcoin? For me, that would definitely be the the, the point when I when I do see increased. Jumping back to what I said at the beginning, would be increased influence of politics onto monetary supply. Then I would jump for the assets that does not allow that. For me, that would be Bitcoin. Gold probably also fills that agenda. For which type of crisis, for which type of events would you move towards Bitcoin? For which types of events would you move towards gold? Is there a difference between those?
0: I have quite a clear view on this. The type of crisis I need to see is very similar to what you described. And it's probably coming right now. So when governments start to influence monetary policy when they just start to pile up debts and issue money to sort of get the economy going again in a, in a certain way that we have, we all know is not sustainable. Then I gonna turn to Bitcoin. My issue is always, uh, I, I never bought gold, not even in the 2008 crisis, because I thought whenever the economy really Turns bad and the whole thing goes goes down and, and the, the financial system breaks apart. I, I, I'm not quite sure what I can do with the, with a gold bar in my safe at home. Um, I, I can't divide it. I can't really walk around with it. Uh, I'm I'm probably at risk that, that someone is trying to steal it from me. So now with Bitcoin, I think I have an alternative. I can anonymously have some Bitcoins, no one knows about it, and I can divide it very easily into very small fractions. I can pay stuff peer to peer without giving away my um, identity. But my, my, my little issue here in that scenario is if, if the world really turns into that sort of shit show, I don't know if the network really does its job. Are, are the miners still doing what they're supposed to do? Are they not getting taken over by the government, and then someone else is changing the code? Um, or you know that I'm, I'm still having that risk that the government will take over at some point, and I'm and I'm holding an asset that they can dilute again. So
1: that's my okay. take. That's interesting. So we definitely have to do another session on resilience of Bitcoin. But yeah, thank you very much. That's an interesting take. So you are not, it seems like you are generally more inclined towards the characteristics of Bitcoin than the characteristics of gold. But that doesn't really um, give a a clear uh, outlook on in which cases you would prefer one over the other. You would just prefer Bitcoin over gold at any point, right?
0: That's correct. Yes. Okay.
1: Then let me maybe phrase it the other way around. Let's let's assume that the safe haven play is intact. What would be sort of a point or an event, uh, a price move, a, a correlation, uh, where you would say that Bitcoin is certainly not a safe haven? Um, I believe it's uh, it's 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 the same
0: situation we just have been in. If if there is sheer panic in the financial markets, then Bitcoin is is just being viewed as um, a risk on asset and will get sold. And especially if it's easy to sell at any time, you don't have market openings and closings. It's probably even the the most um, valuable asset to sell then when the market turns sour. But again, if you have choices if you have different choices at hand as a trader or as an asset manager to sell something else, you really need to look into the crisis, what, what, what has triggered it. Let's, let's say um, that the crisis is because the U.S. cannot refinance their debts anymore and they go bust and the market turns completely crazy. Would I sell them Bitcoin? probably not. I would try to sell everything else. So it does depend a little bit on the trigger of the crisis if Bitcoin to me is safe haven or not. But I would say in 90% of the cases, it's, it's a risk on asset and I would sell it just to, uh, to get some cash and, and manage what I need to manage as a trader.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. That's it from my side with the major questions that I had. And thank you very much uh, for your attention. This will probably for the foreseeable future stay the the format in which we do the education sessions via audio conference. Thank you very much.
0: This episode was brought to you by CryptoFinance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at cryptofinance.ch